You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top. What up, what up, Bill Coach JB here coming at you Wednesday evening here on the West Coast, 7 o'clock p.m. Another Slap Dick Podcast coming at you, trying to get it in, get in where I fit in, uh, Quote of the day, man, real quick to get us going. Um, hopefully you hear this tonight or in the morning on the East Coast. You get what you work for and not what you wish for. My daddy used to tell me, wish in one hand, shit in the other one, see what fills up first. That is the truth. Too, too far, too often are we wishing for shit instead of going to get shit. And that's create soft-ass mentalities and weak-minded, one-track-minded Sally got a one-track mind ass listening to cats out there. This show is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped's back cracking on the Slap Dick podcast. So 2020 sucked. We already know. It sucked. Big fucking donkey dick. It's almost a new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming offering Precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world clean their things up down there. Whether it's the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the crop preserver, deodorant, and moisturizer, or the crop retriever, reviver toner, Manscaped products will help you start the new year outright. So make sure you guys, women, men alike, go get your man, women, go get your man some Manscaped. You can fucking. Trim those ears and nose hairs as well. So go get that fucking reviver. There's a bunch of tools. But in fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off free shipping with the code SLAPDICK at manscaped.com. Happy New Year's to your balls. Manscaped.com. Check it out. 20% off using the promo code SLAPDICK. Let's get into the show. You know, this is uh, <clears throat> Wednesday, hump day. We call it, I called it Work Boot Wednesday at Indy on the show. That's why you saw us in the, in the mechanic shirts with the hard hat. And uh, shout out to Coach Crittenden at uh, Eastern Michigan who wore that in the bowl game. Wore my mechanic shirts. Um, I just thought I'd... I thought of it, man, and, and hump days in junior college is always hard. High school, the same. That's why I created the... Mechanic shirts, the hard hats, and we went to work on Wednesdays. Work grind, you know, work boot Wednesday, I called it. But anyway, title of this show is called Colorblind. All right? It's Colorblind. That's the title of this show. And I'm going to get into why. But first of all, they're talking about these stimulus checks. Let's talk about this stimulus check real quick. Supposedly, a $600 direct deposit is supposed to go into a lot of people's accounts. I literally, if I get one, I didn't get a stimulus check last year, last time, just so we're clear. It's crazy. I know people who don't even pay taxes, who don't own no, any home, who's never even had a job or a taxable income got a check last year or during the first part of the pandemic. That's how I know this is all bullshit. I didn't get shit on two homes, pay taxes, and didn't get a check. 
not anything. I didn't get shit. And you can't talk to anybody about it. So you're fucked. But anyway, um, $600. If I get it, I'm, I promise you to my word, I will take it down to downtown L.A., and I will divvy it up amongst the first homeless people I see that I feel that are character worthy. Promise you that. And I'll film that shit. Uh, because that's what it is. It's a slap in the fucking American face. Just telling you. It is a true joke. $1,800 in a year. So you can't tell me. Don't ever talk shit about Bloods and Crips, Mexican, Hispanic gangs, Asian gangs, mafias. I don't give a fuck. The U.S. government is worse than any blood and crip gang, any Mexican cartel, any fucking thing that's ever been put in existence. Don't tell me otherwise. We can give millions to foreign countries. We can't never take care of our own. The red and the blue can't get along on the white level, which is the white government blue and red, not the blue and red and red and blue black gangs. I'm talking about the government, red and blue, left and right, whatever the fuck you want to do, call it. Can't get along enough to give the American people who are suffering at an all-time high enough money to live on, to survive. Whether they own a small business, whether they fucking trying to feed their families, but we can take care of other motherfuckers' pockets. And it is a travesty. And, you know, they could take their $600 and shove it up their fucking ass. And uh, I'm just telling you, man, it's a fucking joke that these fucking cats can't get along. Or not get along, but can't come to an agreement for the betterment of the country. And it just blows my mind. But that's that's who it is, man. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, I just... Uh, Oh, it's unbelievable, man. Um, I don't understand it. I don't. I, we probably will never will. We're just too small, low on the totem pole, man. Um, LeBron's birthday today. They're playing San Antonio. I believe they're up 10 or something. Popovich got kicked out. Uh, they have a little bit of fan. They have a few fans in the stands there in San Antonio. Uh, Lakers 2-2, two and two, you know. You know, expected. I told you, there's going to take some time to jail. Um, you know, get Schroeder in there involved and get all these new pieces. Um, and, and we'll see. So, Togi, get out of here. Um, it's all right. I, I just, he just was trying to get out. So, um, the Bills are going to allow fans, the Bill Mafia are going to allow fans for the, uh, all right, uh, for the playoff game. And uh, so we'll see what happens. And uh, high school, California high school football still won't allow high school football to be played. But the Buffalo's going to fill their stands. So go figure. Um, leave it open. Um, so. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Cali High School, New York High School, there's been a bunch of high schools can't play football, but we can fill stands now. We can shop at malls during Christmas at an all-time rate 
in California, but we're the most restrictive state in the union right now as far as COVID. We're shut down. We have all these regulations, wear more masks, do everything we're asked to do. Not everybody, of course, but the state is doing the most that we're supposed to do. And yet, we have the highest rise in cases. It don't make sense. We're getting murdered out here in, in Cali, man. I'm just telling you this newsome character. But anyway, um, government's worse than the Pleasant Crips, man. They're worse than they ever could be. Just telling you. <clears throat> I want to talk to you guys a little bit about this bowl game opt-out shit that started years ago. Started a few years ago. I commented on social media when it started to become a fad a couple years back. I was at Indy and I was talking about it to even my players. They opt out because these bowl games are meaningless. And even though back in the day when I played and when other everybody probably listening played, there was no opting out. You finish what you fucking start. Period. You finish what you start. That mindset alone has begun to, you know, um, it's begun to allow softness to creep in. And I truly believe that started the escalation of fucking transfer portals transferring high school level college level the commitment decommitment tweets that is so prevalent nowadays there's no finishing what you start no more and if we had a fucking commissioner in the ncaa level I believe it trickles down to the high school level. And if we got rid of the meaningless bowl games, added more playoff games, how about you have a Power 5 playoff and an FBS playoff? So the group of five can be in a playoff. The Power 5 can be in a playoff. They can play. And the winner of the Power 5 playoff plays the winner of the group of five playoff. And then you have a true national champ. We can't come to agreement of that. No shit. We can't. We never will because you can't even have an agreement of a $2,000 stimulus check. So, like I said, it's just uh, shit rolls downhill. And uh, we don't finish what we start at all. And the participation effort and willingness to play in these shit bowl games. Like right now, Florida's playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma's beating their ass. I don't think Oklahoma's better than Florida on paper. I think uh, Oklahoma's playing as well as anybody lately, right? Whatever, they've won, what, eight in a row? Whatever they've won, seven in a row. But I don't believe Florida wants to play the game. Look at them. I don't believe they want to play the game because they got their hearts taken out by Alabama. They don't belong. They didn't get to go to a BCS Bowl or a playoff. And... You can't sit there and tell me that those kids want to be playing Oklahoma in a COVID-stricted season with no fans in the stands and for a bowl game that means shit. Wisconsin's quarterback broke the trophy for beating 
Wake Forest today in their bowl game. That's how much that fucking bowl meant to them. A three and three team. I mean, come on. Having no commissioner is really a mockery and it's a slap in the face and it's making these games meaningless. I truly believe it. Um, I just don't. I don't agree with opting out and leaving your player, your teammates, your brothers, your brotherhood who you cry, sweat and bleed with hanging out to dry and not playing a bowl game. It makes no sense. But there's no leadership. Leaders create more leaders, not more followers. And you work for you you get what you work for, not what you fucking wish for. And we got too many cats nowadays allowed to opt out, allowed to do this. If you opt out, like there's gotta be something. Now, you know, there's gotta be something. But anyway, that's not the meat and potatoes of the show. I just wanted to mention that shit. I, I hate it. Um, I believe it's allowed it for everything to become softer. Um, that's just what it is, I, in my true opinion. But, you know, the meat of the potatoes is colorblind. Title of the show. We're going to get into it. It has to do with the Dwayne Haskins situation and Booger McFarlane. Uh, Booger made some comments on ESPN, and he's taking a lot of heat. And I came on social media and defended him. And I, he has his own, his own colleagues are, are, are kind of against him and uh, talking shit a little bit. They're bringing up the, the fact that it's a black thing and that Booger didn't mention the Johnny Manziels, the Baker Mayfields, the, the, the Ryan Leafs. I'm mentioning those guys. But they're coming to saying he's not mentioning those. He's unfair to the black folks. He's to the black quarterback. When we have the Russell Wilsons and the Lamar Jacksons and the, uh, you know, all these guys, the, the Sean, J- John, I mean, uh, Watson, all the guys that do right and, you know, Dak Prescott, all these good bro- young brothers coming up that do everything that they're asked for and you have a few bad apples that ruin the whole batch and they are all saying that Booger is calling it one black guy screws it up for everybody. That's not what I got out of it. That's not what he said either. People make assumptions off of what people say before they actually finish their own sentence. I took it as Booger McFarland saying he's tired of seeing young brothers come into the league and piss it down their leg because they're clearly the more talented kid. Now I'm, Ad living here because I'm put I'm paraphrasing because I'm putting some things that I believe he's meaning just by listening to him and, and listen, he's not a very good announcer. He's not a good analyst. That's why they took him off Monday night. Doesn't mean he's not right on this regard. I take it as he's tired of brothers coming in, pissing it down their leg, losing money, and therefore let's get ahead of it and let's nip it in the butt. So you don't have the black quarterback narrative that we have. We already know the white quarterback's going to get the benefit of the doubt. Baker Mayfield socked a dude in a club on camera. Nothing was really done about it. But Jameson Winston stole some fucking crab legs and was put out to be a villain. Let's just keep it 100 like everyone say. 
Johnny Manziel did how many fucking things? But he's got a millionaire family. Cam Newton gets a fucking laptop donated to him in Florida. Gets kicked out, goes to JUCO. Baker Mayfield has some things that people don't talk about. Leaves fucking one school, goes to Oklahoma, and becomes this guy, Heisman winner, right? But he was offered the opportunity. God for, Thank God Cam was offered to re- get re-recruited and go back. That's why junior college is such a great thing. You get the opportunity to get re-recruited, rebrand yourself. That's what I used to do for so many. That's why JUCO is so special. But at the same time, we already know all you analysts out there bashing Booger McFarland. We already know the white folks are get the benefit of the doubt. So why are you pegging it as a color situation? Booger's simply saying, focus on your craft. Don't come in worried about fucking TikTok and Instagram followers. When you can come in and do this, this, and this, because you're already behind the eight ball, you're already going to be fucking have a negative light against you. You're already going to be having a stereotype against us. That's what he's saying. And that's how I took it. That's what I truly believe he's saying. And everyone out there is bashing him because they're saying, well, what about Matt, man? What about Manziel? What about all the white guys that came and fucked up? Man, we already know that they're going to get a break. Kaepernick. Look at that. I mean, come on, dog. It's already out there. Why? He don't need to state the obvious. Does he need to remind everybody that brothers have already been held down for 400 years? I don't understand. Like, why is, why is everybody saying this is a color deal? I'll, I say it all the time, man. Idiots come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. I don't give a fuck what color you are. We're all human. I do believe we all deserve a second chance. Dwayne Haskins is some stupid ass shit because they're a team fighting for it. His own head coach has cancer, so he's already immune to deficient. <laughs> and you went out to a titty bar and got some strippers and you put your whole team at risk. And then I told you guys last show, dollar a day late and a dollar short, I believe, you know, Coates was a day late and a dollar short by cutting him when he actually started him after the whole scenario and they got waxed and karma's a motherfucker right so they got waxed and you know I I believe coach Rivera was a day late dollar short although I love coach Rivera and I'm not in that situation so like I said I'm not judging anything I just my own opinion said you know what I think he was a day late dollar short going forward because I believe Washington has a hell of a chance and I think coach Rivera is going to get them going And I believe they have a hell of a chance next year. And they already have the best D-line in football, in my opinion. And they get some paces on offense and quarterback. I believe they'll be great. But he could have really set the tone like a Belichick would have by cutting him before the incident. I mean, before the game. I'm sorry. After the incident, before the game. He didn't do that. He started the guy. And not only was he shitty, so it gave him what? It gave him... I, I, so in, on social media, I posted this thing about a guy a guy posted a social media or a tweet on Twitter saying that Booger McFarland bashed the young brothers, whoop, 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 so on and so forth. I said, it's 100% accurate what he said. 
And so I got into it. Of course, that's a shocker to everyone listening. But I got into it with some guys who came forward saying that why is it not an issue that kids who transfer get bashed by me? That's what he was telling me. But coaches can leave for another job in a New York minute, and it's okay. So this is what I said. I said, first of all, if you listen to anything I've ever, ever said, I don't condone. I do not condone coaches leaving after a year or even before they started, like Manny Diaz at Temple. Right? I don't agree with that either. But at the same time, unless you're in the shoes of that coach and in the business, you won't ever understand what you ne- ever know. You don't ever. Know, you don't know what you don't know. So all these naysayers out there who have no fucking dog in the fight, who don't understand anything has to do with this profession, want to come out and always talk. Like I always say, show me your resume. You don't even know what the fuck is going on. So let me ask you this. Coaches leave in a New York minute. Why? Because they know the inner working of the position after they've been in it. Meaning administrators quick to fucking not allow you to have the autonomy you need to run a successful program. Nick Saban took the job at Alabama because he knew he had full autonomy. There's too many programs where admin boosters, etc., have, have full control over the head coach. And he basically a puppet in the puppet show. And those guys are the puppet masters. And you're just a guy that's in a seat that can be fired at any moment. You get three-year contract, you get fired in two. Happens all the time, even in one. So the second part of it is kids are kids. Teach them how to commit to something. Teach them what a competitive edge is. Teach them what tough skin is. Instead of teaching them to transfer because it got a little rocky, teaching them to go to another school and then go to another school because you don't want to compete because this, this, and this, and that. But in essence, the truth of the matter is the coaches have been doing this for a long time. It's a profession. We are adults. We get paid to do a job now, even though it's a lot of money. And I don't agree with it a lot of the time. But at the same time, Why are we giving the kids so many options? They're kids. Let's teach them some things. That's why you wonder why our fucking adults now are so shitty. Because we've allowed this for so long. The coaches have an opportunity to coach and leave because they've earned the right to. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. The kids have not. They haven't paid a bill yet. They haven't paid a mortgage. They don't fucking know what a car note is. They don't know how to keep their lights on yet. And you want to give them full autonomy to transfer whenever they want? Dictate how much the coach makes. That's what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 players did. Oh, no, our coaches make too much. Like, wait up. The game's all fucking twisted up, man. Coaches that leave early and fuck over kids and lie to them in their homes and all this, they'll get what they get. Let it happen. Let it happen. Karma's a bitch. I truly believe they'll get what they deserve. That's why I never lie to a kid, never promise a kid shit. I always stay true to what I tell them, their parents, etc. 
build a relationship with their parents, um, et cetera, et cetera. But that doesn't mean I agree with coaches can leave, kids can't. Well, kids should be able to transfer too. That's not the same thing, man. These kids haven't earned the right to yet. They haven't even busted a grape in a fruit fight yet. Let them fucking build a resume. Let them show their grit and determination and some desire and dedication and fucking I'm going to beat this guy out. I chose to come here. Instead of writing a decommit letter on Twitter when you don't even know the definition of commitment. Because you want to decommit. That word doesn't even exist in my opinion because there should be no such word. Commitment means you fucking are going there because you chose to. You did the desi- You did the work and the due diligence and the research to go to that school. Now, you got beat out. You got beat out. You wonder why quarterback playing the NFL is at a subpar level, an all-time subpar level, in my opinion. I had a podcast about this already. I've talked about it. It's below average to average at best. And I truly believe it's because the quarterbacks leave far too early from one school to transfer to play at another and then go to the NFL and they're not ready. But in, if you look back at history, Troy Aikman goes to Oklahoma, right? He stuck it out a year and they were like, well, we run option here, Troy. We're going to, well, I can't run option. I'm going to go to UCLA back to the home to the West coast and I'm going to play at UCLA. Of course, that was a business decision, and he was a, in my opinion, he's a top five NFL quarterback of all time, most accurate quarterback of all time by far, and it's that's proven. So, yeah. Oh, Troy Aikman left in the 80s. Same thing. First of all, I just explained what happened. Second of all, that's not what's happening now. Justin Fields is not a prime example. Justin Fields sat behind a dude who is never going to play in the NFL. So let's really sit and evaluate Justin Fields. Is he that good? I don't believe so. <laughs> and I recruited the kid trying to get him to Indy when he left Georgia. But he got the appeal. He would, he would have, like I say, he's like a Lamar Jackson. I would love to coach him in college. But again, he's not being coached like he's getting prepared to go to the NFL. They're worried about tempo, read option, go fast, RPOs. They're not taking snaps under center. They get to the NFL, they digress, and then in the year after the NFL figures them out, after one year they do well. Second year, NFL defenses get real smart, which coordinators get paid a lot of money, and they're very good at that level. They start disguising things, changing things, and now you can't throw from the pocket consistently, accurately. You now are an athlete at quarterback, again, quote-unquote, stereotype, black quarterback, right? I already told you about this. Told you why the black quarterback gets the stereotype that they do. I told you this. Go back and listen. So I'm not, don't, we're not talking about that right now. I'm just telling you, in my opinion, if a quarterback stuck it out somewhere, then he stuck it out and got in and played a couple years instead of transferring and trying to get the instant gratification, he'd be more ready and play and get a shot and get a little more battle tested and he'd be more NFL ready. But they're so quick to leave because they don't want to compete and they don't want to sit out and learn and get better at practice. 
The only way to get better is reps. So Justin Fields set out a year. Didn't even practice anymore. Set out. Is he going to get better doing that? And I don't give a fuck. Don't tell me he's going to go listen to a seven-on-seven trainer or some personal trainer or fucking one of these guys. I don't want to hear that shit. That shit's a joke in my opinion. I'm telling you that reps would have helped him a lot. And then the quarterback left to the NFL anyway. You So you have to start as a freshman now because you have five stars coming out of high school. Have some humility and learn that you're not that good yet. And you're going to learn and get better at the college level, get bigger, faster, stronger, learn the real position. High school didn't teach you this many things, and it's going to be a lot faster, and you're going to learn a lot more coverage. You're going to learn fronts. You're going to learn line games. You're going to learn protections. That's not being taught at high school, not not in totality, not 100% across the board. Great high school coaches out there, no question, and I know they're teaching a lot of things well. But the majority of high school coaches aren't. And they're not getting ready to be. They're not college ready as a freshman to play at Georgia. It's really far few between. Fields would have stuck it out. He'd be at Georgia right now. And look what would, he, he could be possibly playing for a natty if he would have stuck it out. Think about it. When he goes to Ohio State, still playing for a natty, but they didn't play that many games. But Fields could have already had two years in the SEC which we know the NFL regards at a much higher level than the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC. But he opted out, transferred, boom. People talk about, well, Baker Mayfield transferred and he won a Heisman. Look into that situation. Look into the Manziel. Look into the Baker Mayfield. Look into some of these transfer Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it helped him play in college. But Jalen transferred as a grad transfer, even though I still don't agree with it. But at the same time, well, they wouldn't have had a shot at playing and getting drafted. That's not my problem. So you're telling me that Jalen Hurts isn't as good as Tua. I don't believe either one of them is NFL legit. So you're going to tell me that... Let me give you a little story real quick before I move on. Because Trask, I want to make sure that you understand. Kyle Trask at Florida, okay? He went to Manville High School in Houston, okay? And... De'Eric King also went to Manville. King went to TCU. Trask went to Florida. Okay? Let me just give you a little... I want to make sure there's some relevance in this. Trask never played at Manville. He only played in mop-up duty behind King. He's now a Heisman candidate. Got a first-round grade in the NFL. He balled out against Alabama. He's an he's a Heisman candidate finalist, and never he he played in mop-up duty. He stuck it out. He didn't transfer from Manville. Stuck it out because he believed in the coach. Great dude, and I recruit a lot of kids from there. Carlos Thompson from the last chance you with me at Indy was there from there. 
Carry on Parker, receiver. I also I got out of there. Gary Haynes, great receiver that came out of there. Freakest guys to go there. All right. But he's a Heisman candidate, stuck it out, played at Florida, stuck it out behind some guys, never left Florida, didn't leave Manville. And nobody, I bet you, 99% of you listeners didn't know that. And now it's going, he's going to be 10 times the quarterback in the NFL that Jalen Hurts, Tua, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray is going, it, it will ever be. That's just my honest opinion. That's my quarterback knowledge opinion. That's my coaching opinion. And I'm just telling you, last 20 years, I've been pretty spot on with QBs in the NFL. Kyle Trask will have an NFL career that'll last longer than King that transferred from Houston or from Houston. Yeah, he went to TC originally, went to Houston. Now he's at fucking uh, Miami, right? <clears throat> Trask hasn't left anywhere. And he's going to have a longer career than King, than Mayfield, than Hurts, than probably Lamar Jackson. I'm just telling you, watch. Watch what happens. You heard it here first on the Slap Dig Podcast, man. <clears throat> it's not a color thing that Booger McFarlane was talking shit about Dwayne Haskins. That's why this show's color called Colorblind. I truly believe... Booger McFarlane wanted the best for young brothers so they don't get the stigma and the fucking stereotype that we already have given young brothers at the quarterback position. Why is he wrong for trying to prevent that narrative? Please answer that question for me because I'm just want to know because he ain't. But so many cats are so quick to judge cats and want to say, oh, you holding us down. You a coon now. Nah, that ain't how it goes. That's some bullshit, and that's some old weak-minded ass shit. And I got motherfuckers on Twitter, man. Anytime it has to do with some brothers, why don't you white folks leave? Just stay out of that shit. First of all, motherfucker, you don't know me real well, homeboy. <laughs> Number one. Number two, when you find out who I am, then you shut the fuck up. And anyway, anytime, I'll send you my address. That's the thing about it. That's what I had to tell this dude. Because cats real recognize real. And I already told, I knew he was a fake ass bitch who didn't understand who the fuck I was. But everybody else do. You'll never hear me say the N word. Never have said it in my life. Grew, grew up with all brothers. Don't know any white boys really. Maybe a few. Got a black daughter. Go anywhere I want to go. Real recognize real. And I'll say whatever I want to say. Because real recognize real. And he, they didn't, he, didn't, he didn't realize or know that not only have I helped thousands of young brothers from the hood <laughs> get out the streets, but I've sent over 250 kids to Division One, 20 plus to the league. Seen over 150 get college degrees. Almost 30 get their masters. Until this year, never had a kid get kicked out of a four-year thrown in jail after leaving my program. One of my programs. So I think I'm experienced enough. I think I'm deserving enough. 
to say what I want to say about anybody. And the truth of the matter is, this ain't a color thing. This is a fucking right or wrong thing. And we already know that the brother's already behind the eight ball and has a stereotype that is negative and is already get fucked from the gate. And we already know that Baker Mayfield can sock a dude at a bar in Arkansas and get away with it. And Jamison Winston can't steal crab legs and, 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 and he'll have a negative connotation for his whole life. We already know this. So how's it a color thing? Let's fucking stop. Let's start teaching our young brothers to, to fucking understand not to do it because of that reason. That's all Burger was saying, but he's got his own colleagues talking shit to him. <clears throat> it's crazy to me, man. It is really crazy. Dwayne Haskins did us some fucking amateur hour ass shit. And during a pandemic year, it was magnified. But it's been happening. And I don't care white, black, red, purple. Idiots will be idiots. But we already know the cats with my skin tone are going to get us past. Unless you're a cat like me that is my skin tone that only helps brothers, then I'm considered a brother and I'm not getting no pass. I got to ask the other day, damn, Coach JB, when are you going to use your white privilege to get a job? I can't, dog. I don't get the privilege. I help too many brothers. That's the fact of the matter. So... Is what it is. What am I going to do? Cry over spilled milk? I got big shoulders, dog. I'll take it. I know who I am. I sleep at night knowing what I've done and who I am. But cats want to talk on Twitter. It is what it is. It is what it is. And cats that don't know what they don't know are always quick to bump their gums but unless you're in these shoes or in this seat or on that field or in that office, in that profession, you never know what the fuck you're saying. So stay out of it. Stay out of our lane. Stay in yours. And the world will be a better place. But in my opinion, Booker was 100% accurate, spot on. I agreed with him, contrary to everyone else's belief. And we get into it on Twitter and da-da-da. And... You know, people want to talk about, you know, people want to, want to say why. Because I asked him, I said, why is it not, why is it not what Booger said? Please tell me why. And, you know, people are on there talking about, this is why, because, uh, you know. I'm like, no, nah, that's not why. Because at the end of the day, um, people asked, people commented on that fucking thing. This guy, Chris Williamson, you know. He says, here's why, Coach JB. Haskins didn't fail in Washington because of him trying to grow his brand. Two, he singled out black players unnecessarily about brand development when white players do it as well. See? And then the people jump in and, and you know, someone said, you know, this is the thing. Fuck about a brand. Booger's part about the brand was really, really minute in the discussion. You guys read over all that. So you guys jump. You only listen to what you want to fucking hear. You don't hear 
everything. You listen to what you want to hear. And the bottom line is, he said, I found this opinion by Booker McFarland in regards to Dwayne Haskins to be really wild. I don't agree. And I told him that. That's just what it is. And, you know, I got dudes saying, I got dudes coming out there saying all these different things about why it's okay for the coaching carousel, but not for kids to put themselves in a better situation. Because the kids don't fucking deserve it yet. They haven't busted a grape in a fruit fight. Yeah, I understand they don't get paid. They're fucked, and, they're, and it's a slave laborers organization. I Shit, I'm the first one advocating for that shit. What are you talking about? I grew up with Ed O'Bannon, who fucking sued the NCAA for fucking NCAA for a video game. What do you mean? I understand all of the shit. You're talking to a dude that fucking is on the front line during this shit. But what you don't understand is what you don't understand. And you never will because you've never been in that position. It ain't about a brand in the coaching carousel. Kids not bettering themselves. No, you don't teach commitment. You don't teach tough skin. You don't teach competitive edge. You teach the easy way out. The coach is older and been through. He's got degrees. He's fucking coached other places. Yeah, he might be overpaid. All of them are. All of us are, in my opinion. Not junior college, but Division I NFL. Well, not NFL. Let's just say Division I. I don't agree you do. I don't believe you do enough to earn $10 million as a head coach in college. I don't believe you touch enough lives to make $10 million. I believe there's some people that do. that don't get paid enough. But I don't believe a guy making $10 million, there's a few out there, right, do enough I don't believe you can even do enough, not even to knock them for that. I'm not even knocking them. I'm not talking shit. I'm saying I don't believe you can even do enough to make $10 million. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough knowledge how to affect an inner city kid's life, single parent's life, single kids got single come from single parent homes' lives that have Family members kill, crackhead, murder, have babies coming into your school. I don't believe you know how. That's all I've done my whole life. I grew up in it. I knew it. I know it. Double Sweeney don't know that shit. Why do you think it takes some fucking publicist to make a fucking Black Lives Matter statement? Uh, two weeks later after the fucking, it already has happened. Day late, dollar short, brother. Why does it take so long for Chip Kelly to do it? Why does it take so long for fucking Clay Helton to do it? Why does it take so long for all these big time prominent programs to make Black Lives Matter statements during a fucking pandemic one and a black and a protest going on too after they killed the guy George out in Minnesota or Minneapolis or whatever? Why does it take so long? George Floyd. Because real recognize real if it was real and you told those kids in the in the office, that's why Dion's beating some schools out for some guys. Now he's getting them from transfer portals and shit. But at the same time, their staff and him, I know there's, there's a lot of guys on the staff, they're going to be real and honest with the dudes. The kids are going to like what they hear because they like real recognizes real. They're going to see through it eventually. But see, that's why parents don't do enough research and they only go for the fucking glitter and the gold and they only go for whatever to, to stone at them, whether it's money, shoes, cars, whatever it may be. I don't know. 
I'm not going to assume things that are given to him like that. But what I'm telling you is, oh, shit, well, Alabama has the, you know, they're the Taj Mahal. They got the fucking best facilities in the country. Oregon, boom, they, even though they're not getting the kids they should. Uh, Clemson, boom, facilities, greatest thing in the country. But let's look at what's Coach JB got at Compton College. He has a dirt track, glass on the field, no fucking weight room, no coaches' offices, same as Indy, right? But why did I have eight players play for me in there in the NFL? Why did I have the best players at Compton College of any JUCO in the country at the time? Why did I have the best in Indy? We didn't have no facilities. Fucking Hutch, Butler, Garden City, they all had better facilities than me. Iowa Western, all of them. Because the kids real recognizes real and honest, genuine, giving your shirt off your back and, and getting the kid to believe it is why. And getting the parent to understand it and believe it and not pull the kid out when the coach JB gets on him. The parent that says, coach, you could slap the shit out of my kid because I trust you so much and put his ass in line. Those are the kids I recruited and got. And those are the kids that made it. Just telling you. Derek Abrams come in my office, got fucking two D's, an F. Cuss him out. First semester in college. Fucking 3.5 the rest of the way. Goes to Colorado. Two-year starter. Now he's playing for the Atlanta Falcons. Lonnie Johnson. Second-round draft pick. Houston Texans. Drive, drive his ass out to Garden City. We move him from wide out to DB. Six, three and a half corner. Gets drafted second round. Wouldn't go to class. Struggled. Who sat with him at the calf every day? Who talked through them through real life situations. Fuck football. That's easy for you. What's going to get this shit done so you can get to that shit? Those are the things that get kids. Not fucking weight rooms and facilities and lying ass motherfuckers that make $10 million to tell you this and don't do what they tell you they're going to do. It ain't about color, man. It's about real. Why does Mark Pugh, the whitest coach in the country, why does Coach K, the whitest coach in the country, why does Calipari, the whitest coach in the country, out-recruit the brothers at Michigan, Texas, Florida, Miami, and get brothers into that school? How can those white boys get beat out those brothers for brothers? I'm waiting. But the truth hurts you motherfuckers. That's the problem. And Twitter has become so fucking convenient for you motherfuckers to get on there and go be in Memphis somewhere and tweet out some shit. Some old, frankly, some bitch made shit, right? Be real. And never have to face you ever. And allow to see, you know, allow, allow to see another day because, you know, you can do it. Bad words don't mean shit no more. I hear it every day. Oh, coach, you a bitch. Then I call him a bitch, and then he hits, oh, I'm just kidding, I'm a fan. Because you couldn't call a dude a grown man a bitch back in my day. You couldn't even play and say that. Now it is common knowledge. Like, everybody does it. It's cool. Because of social media, cowardly tweets, keyboard cowards have become so soft, and it's trickled down. But 
It is what it is. I don't know. But anyway, man, um, ran a little long on this. Wanted to get this in. Be safe. Don't be a slapdick. If I don't see you before this weekend, happy New Year's. And uh, manscaped.com, use the promo code slapdick. And uh, go get you some slapdick whiskey. Um, slapdickinc.com. You can get you can get you some merch, some whiskey, a book, poster, whatever you want. Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. I'll see you guys uh, in 2021. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. It's the last chance. Hey, man, give me another Last chance for me, will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you